It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Getting you ready for another season of football coming right up. And it all starts with recruiting. National Signing Day is here. We have the results of Texas A&M, where they will land in the recruiting process. And we'll be breaking down several players who were added to the A&M roster this upcoming class. The roster is now officially closed. A&M was able to claim 25 total players. That's right. Jimbo Fisher said at the very beginning of the recruiting process, he wanted 25 players to join the A&M roster for the 2020 season. Guess what? He lands his final two players, making it total of 25. The Aggies will close the door on recruiting, and we'll be breaking down exactly who these players are and where they come from, what skills they said. Jimbo Fisher just finished his press conference, so we'll be breaking down exactly exactly what he said during it. Couple of housekeeping rules. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. That's your number one source to find all of our great stuff. You can also follow us at Aggies SI. All Aggies, part of Sports Illustrated and the Locked On Podcast Network, have partnered together to give you quality content surrounding all things Texas A&M. You're going to want to check out that right here at si.com slash T-A-M-U. Finally, you're going to want to check me out. If you want to follow me, give me a shout out. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. All you got to do is follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. I'm a mister. I'm Cole Thompson. That's my name. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. Texas A&M will close the door in recruiting for the 2020 class as National Signing Day continues to roll along. The two main guys they were trying to get they were able to land both of them. Let's start off with the bigger name of the two. That would be McKinley Jackson, four-star recruit out of middle of Mississippi. He was a guy that was expected to sign with LSU throughout the recruiting process. In the end, it was going to be Alabama, and a late-class recruit from Jackson to College Station actually happened in the past week and a half. He decided to flip in favor of of AM. The Aggies will now add a key defensive player to their interior line, and this is a move that really could separate AM as part of the top half of the SEC rosters. Let's look at this for a second. When you see a player who is probably expected to go to Alabama now coming to a lesser known school in the sense of where they stand. This is very successful. This shows that AM is growing in the right direction. And a guy like Jackson, you can expect him to play, maybe not consistently at first, but a lot. He's going to be a factor in his first year. This is one of those players who you're so high on because of you know that if you land them, they're going to make an immediate impact on your roster. That's one thing that I really like about this move is with the loss of Justin Matabike, you know you're getting someone who can probably fill in his production, maybe not year one, but in a few years down the line. Uh, With Jaden Peavy and Bobby Brown more than likely going to play the interior uh, defensive lineman roles, 
Jackson's probably going to be a rotational guy. Kind of like how PV was up until the bowl game this past year. But, much like Michael Clements, who started at defensive end, he didn't finish the year as the starter. It went to DeMarvin Leal, the freshman out of Judson in San Antonio. You could see something very similar in that sense for a guy like McKinley Jackson. He could be able to come in immediately, maybe just play a rotational role, but by the end of the season, if PB or Brown struggles, you have a guy that's going to be there at least three more years, two more years minimum, but you're going to be able to play him immediately and allow him to find success pretty soon. I mean, that's just the reality of it. This is a move that, when you look at it on paper, an LSU Tiger and an Alabama are way more powerhouse teams. And they've been at the top of the conference for over the last probably two decades. Since the arrival of Nick Saban and really since Nick Saban was at LSU, the Tigers were one of the top recruiting classes. And for the last 13 years at least, Alabama's been right there. But now you have A&M competing against them, which could mean the change of tides for the recruits and who's playing where, which is something that you think that you like because of it's completely different than anything else you know. But also, at the same time, you're looking at this A&M roster, you're seeing what's in store, what to expect moving forward. They're now contending. Because if they're getting guys to turn down programs such as LSU and Alabama to come to the SEC. And the biggest thing of all is, they're not just SEC. They're SEC West. This is a conference that is destined to win this year. And you look at what happened. LSU is the national champions. The year before that, Alabama was in the national title game. The year before that, Alabama was in the national title game. And the year before that, Alabama was in the national title game. In the last five years, a member from the SEC West has been in the title game for the national championship. And Jackson had a chance to go to either one of those schools. Instead, he chooses A&M, which is further away than both LSU and Alabama from his hometown of Mississippi. And he's trusting the process under Jimbo Fisher. The biggest thing that people have spoken to about this Jimbo Fisher move is that they're unsure that he was the right hire because of the immediate success he didn't have. Where Dan Mullen at Florida hired the same year, took his team to an 11-win season and also a Orange Bowl appearance in year two. That's like comparing apples to oranges. It's a tougher schedule for A&M in 2019 and He's building kind of fresh off his recruits who he had to either expect to come with him from Tallahassee to A&M or he had to completely start fresh and go with Kevin Sumlin players. Dan Mullen can transform a kid going, hey, I want you to come play for me at Mississippi State to, hey, I want you to come play for me at Florida now, an even bigger and better program. A&M couldn't say that probably two years ago. But now with a signing like Jackson, you're getting a guy to come in immediately add some depth to the roster, and probably earn his way into some starting reps maybe by the end of the midseason. This is a move that a lot of people are going to be high on, and this is a move that I really like for a and <clears throat> You have your future replacement for Justin Matabike, and you're able to outbeat 
both the Tigers and the Crimson Tide for a player that all three of you wanted. Another team that the LSU Tigers were trying to get was a player in the running back position. He also decided to go to A&M, and we'll be talking about him in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you're not subscribed to the Locked On Podcast Network, let me ask you a question. What are you doing? We have over two dozen college sports shows ready for your listening ears. Plus, we got news coming out of the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, and of course, fantasy football. So you're going to want to listen, tune in to all of our great shows at LockedOnPodcast.com. Texas A&M will finish somewhere in the number five or six range for the upcoming recruiting season out in College Station. They were able to get two more guys to make the class at 25. And when you look at this roster overall, they're going to be one to not mess around with in the SEC West. But more importantly, one position of need that is going to be addressed is the running back role. When you have four guys leave the program this past offseason for the transfer portal, they didn't graduate. That's the big thing. You weren't replacing guys because they were out of eligibility. They just left the program. Daenerys Prince, Jayshon Corbin, Cordarian Richardson, and Jacob Cabote all are no longer a part of the Aggie staff. So when you lose out on those guys, it's definitely one of those things you wonder what's going to happen next. But the biggest story of all was AM only had one running back left on the roster in Isaiah Spiller. And granted, Spiller was phenomenal in his rookie season for AM. Almost 1,000 yards, 10 total touchdowns. I think it was a total of 1,300 yards of total offense, if you include the 340 in rushing, I mean, passing. He's a guy who you can build a roster around, but you need someone to be a part of this staff as backups. Anaya Smith was the running back in the bowl game, but he was expected to not stay there. Uh, and we'll have more on that in a little bit. But you go out and you get Devin Agney and DeAndre Jackson from Stone Mountain, Georgia. You're not sure if they're a game changer. The next guy is Darvin Hubbard of Willow King, surprise Willow King in high school announced his decision at 9 a.m. on Monday morning to sign with the Aggies. This is a three-star recruit who originally was expected to join Urban Meyer's staff up in Ohio State. But when the aforementioned Meyer stepped down as the head coach of the program, he would reopen his commitment. So after that, it became a total of where would he go next? A lot of people were thinking he was going to go to the Big 12 and maybe go to TCU. Another school that was in the running, LSU. In the end, uh, a visit during the month of December in College Station allowed Hubbard to pretty much, I think, solidify his status. He canceled his trips to Baton Rouge and Fort Worth. He decided that College Station was the place for him, uh, but he had to wait until National Signing Day. He officially announced he would be joining the Aggies, and the Aggies now get stability in the backfield. The one thing that I like about him is he's a verse runner. According to Fisher, he's one of those guys that you can kind of build around. You can throw him in multiple sets. He's a pass catcher. He's a run blocker. He can go through the trenches. He's got enough speed on the outside. He's someone who is a multiverse player. And so when you put him in your backfield, you're not going to worry about where he is. You're just going to let him make plays. 
And that's something that I really like because of when you look at this backfield, it's now very diverse. You have your all-purpose back and your three-down back in Isaiah Spiller. That's one guy. You're now going to have your all-purpose speed back who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield, make plays in the open field, probably find a name for himself on special teams, in Devin Acne. That's a guy who you're going to be very impressed with. Uh, DeAndre Jackson, he's your workhorse. He is your third and short. Let's move the let's move the chains. Keep the ball moving. Keep going forward. This is a guy who you expect to be a consistent ball carrier for this offense. That's what you like about him. And now you have Hubbard to pair along with it, who's kind of a mix of everything. You don't have to rely on him so much to just be in charge of the run game. You don't have to rely on him so much to just be in charge of catching the ball out of the backfield. He's not a third and short kind of guy. There's a role for him in this offense. And that's something that you look at that there's maybe some things that you haven't been able to see. I personally think that this was the move that AM needed to make because of a player we'll talk about in a little bit what his role would have meant to this roster if they weren't able to get him. But getting a name very late in the recruiting process shows what these coaches are able to do. I mean, just being honest, I didn't hear of Hubbard until about a month ago. And even then, it was very little. It wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, he's the guy who's coming onto campus. It was a, yeah, he's a guy who A&M now is interested in because of maybe what's going on in other parts of the realm. So when you get a late edition guy like this, it shows that what's in store at A&M is huge. And without these players making a name for themselves, you're not going to be able to know for a fact if this is heading in your proper direction. And that's something that I look at and I wonder, okay, let's see where the flaws are. But everything it looks like right now a and heading in the right direction, and getting a guy like Hubbard, who's a multi-purpose back, is going to help the program out extensively. But there was one guy who AM could have gotten in the recruiting process who probably no longer is going to be a part of AM's long-term plan. We'll be discussing him in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Make sure you guys are following us on social media at Aggies SI, at Locked on Aggies, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. All three of those outlets will work. We will definitely try and reach out to you. We are very excited for every single little thing that you guys present to us. But now let's get to one of the conversations that nobody likes to have. But it's a conversation that is kind of set in stone at this point. Zach Evans. We spoke a lot about Zach Evans last week. We spoke a lot about what his potential could be in A&M. And the reality is that ship has probably sailed. And here's why. Zach Evans has been at the cause of controversy throughout the recruiting process. He's been a name that hasn't solidified himself as something positive. And every single step of the process, there's been question marks surrounding him. Is he going to be a member of our staff? Is he someone we can trust? The red flags continue to pile up and they were long before any of the news came out about what you could expect from 
you know, the, the U, from the UIL playoffs. He was suspended two games in the season due to team violations. He missed the first half of the quarterfinals to take his SAT. And then he didn't play in the state championship game because of, and I quote, didn't want to give up his cell phone. You add all that together, it's something that you wonder, oh boy, is this actually a guy that we can trust? But also, here's the reality. A&M can't offer him a scholarship this year. If he was to sign with A&M, it would be via transfer or it would be junior college. Because right now, there's no way A&M could get him. Here's why. Fisher said at the start of the year, there'd be 25 roster spots available for the 2020 recruiting class. All 25 spots are taken. It's done. There will not be another player coming to A&M this upcoming season. So even if Evans was to say, I really like A&M, I really want to go to A&M, I really want to be a part of your program, the only way he would be able to join would be is if a player transferred late into the process or if, say, something along the lines of he goes to a junior college or he goes to, let's say, Auburn for a year or Tennessee for a year. And then he doesn't like it, he transfers, he sits out for the 2021 season, he plays in 2022. Then you could see him join A&M, but he's not going to be a part of this year's roster. So A&M's class is pretty much done. They have their 25 guys, this is the roster they're going with, this is how they're going to build their team moving forward. And the reality is, if they want to continue to build their roster... They're going to have to get guys who are fully committed to the program. And that's something that you have to really like about Jimbo Fisher's class this year. There's 13 guys already on campus. And they're pretty loaded all across the board when you look at the players. I mean, Texas A&M signed the number one wide receiver in Texas in Damon Damas. They signed the number one cornerback in Texas in uh, Jalen Jones. They have the number one defensive end in Florida in Donald Harris. They have the number one linebacker from Louisiana in Edger and Cooper. They have the number one defensive tackle in McKinley Jackson. The number one linebacker in Missouri, Antonio Doyle. The number one defensive end in uh, in New Jersey, Fadil Diggs. The number one defensive back in Illinois, in Antonio Johnson. And the number one offensive lineman in Arkansas, in Chris Morris. They also have, I think he's either one or two quarterback in Texas in Haynes King. And you have the number one or two defensive tackle in New Jersey in Isaiah Rakes. This team is built to win for the future. This recruiting class is going to be the reason AM is either going to bring home a title or they're going to be the most overhyped class in the history of the program. Because there's no way you land, I believe, you land 11 of the number one players of that position in the state to come to this program. You better be good. You better be really good. And right now, I see this program taking steps forward. And even without the likes of Zach Evans, I could see them finishing with a top five class. Personally, to me, I don't see many classes that are better. They may have a few better players at certain positions, but A&M is certainly in the running for 
one of the top ranked class for 2020. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow, we will be breaking down what Coach Fisher said at the press conference, finishing up with the recruiting season, looking at National Signing Day and where AM probably falls compared to all the other classes in the SEC West. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, kick it, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.